Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Rugby League's eligibility rules to be reviewed. A new coach for the Ikale Tahi, while at Samoa named their squad for the June Internationals and launch a new rugby academy. But first, Solomon Islands has won the bid to host the 2023 Pacific Games. The Pacific Games Council's General Assembly voted in favour of the Melanesian country by one vote over French Polynesia who also lost out to Tonga in the final vote for the 2019 Games. Both delegations made their final presentations in Port Vila on Wednesday. The Solomon Islands government had promised to build a national stadium in Honiara if it won the hosting rights. Solomon Islands will be the eighth country to host the full Pacific Games, after Fiji, New Caledonia, Papua New Guinea, French Polynesia, Samoa, Guam and Tonga. Rugby League and the Pacific Test is over for another year with Samoa and Papua New Guinea victors on the field against Tonga and Fiji, while the Cook Islands beat Lebanon. Tawa Samoa retained the Polynesian Cup with an 18-6 victory, while PNG came from 16-8 down at half-time to beat the Fiji Bati 24-22 and record their first win on foreign soil in 16 years. Criticisms of Rugby League's player eligibility rules have flared up yet again. Samoa were denied access to Brisbane Broncos star Anthony Milford, while Tonga say they were unable to select a host of frontline players, including Warriors utility Tui Moala Lolohea. Fiji were unhappy that Australia selected the former Bati winger Semi Randrandra, while the Parramatta Eels refused to release second row at Kenny Edwards for the Cook Islands. The Rugby League International Federation's international development manager, Taz Bateri, says a review of the rules is well overdue. This year's probably been an interesting one. Um, there's a lot of representative teams to be selected, you know, when you look in city, country, as well as the New South Wales and Queensland residents side. So we've got up to 12 teams being selected across the board, and it spreads the uh, talented player pool thinly across all those teams. As you can appreciate, all the coaches want to win their matches, therefore they're uh, trying to target the best players, but that, in, in essence, will disadvantage um, some of the um, Pacific Island teams where... Players, I think, prefer to play as opposed to some of the um, rewards they might be getting if they were to play for city, country and even New South Wales and Queensland reps. There seems to be, even amongst some of the countries and perhaps some of the players, a deal of confusion as to what exactly the rules are. In between World Cup cycles, you can make that election change. We know there's a, a two-year rule if you haven't played for two years as well, but it still seems, at least to the general public, and it would seem too to some within rugby league circles, that it's not as clear as they would like it to be. I think the rules are there and they're fairly straightforward. It probably does need a review and that's probably the issue now. We've got to a point where everybody is banging heads to try and see if they can get the plays they want. The rules need a a serious review so that everybody gets to play uh, with their selection preference and not be jeopardised in the future if he was to become eligible for a higher 
or a tier one country, which I think everybody um, agrees to because the rewards are playing with those top nations because there are very few rewards playing for tier two countries. In the case of Asimi Rindrundra, which I guess kicked off the week, um, he's obviously made the decision to play for Australia. Having not played for Fiji for two years, I guess that means he's eligible. And while it must be frustrating for Fiji thinking they were going to have him, it's relatively straightforward in that sense. Semi, while Fijian-born and not origin-eligible, came in under the residential rule, so he's been here for three years. And once someone can demonstrate that they reside in a country for three years consecutively, that makes him available and eligible for Australian selection. However, it doesn't make him available for origin selection, who have clearly a different set of rules for people that have got to play for New South Wales or Queensland. By virtue of having the NRL as an Australian professional competition where all of these talented players move to Australia typically to play in it, you know, that gives Australia an advantage if, if someone is here for three years because they've got to play here to play for their club. That's right, and, and the rule isn't foreign to us because, you know, a lot of players, for example, also go and play in the French rugby league competition, whether they play for the domestic league or the Catalan Dragons. And a number of Australians and New Zealanders have satisfied the residential rule of three years there as well and then were eligible for selection for France. So while it's not a unique one, it's come to light with Sammy Radradra, but it is something that's been in the Constitution with the RLI for a number of decades now. Anthony Milford's probably a more interesting one because, you know, that tug of war has sort of been happening now for a few years where he played for Samoa at the World Cup. You know, he was told to play under-20s Queensland instead of the main event, which was playing for Samoa against Tonga, I think it was. Um, but now, by virtue of his suspension from the Queensland camp and not being considered for Australia, he seemingly loved to play for Samoa, but has been told no. Yeah, Anthony's two-year um, election period with Australia terminates about four days before the t- Pacific Test match this year, which does make him eligible to be selected for uh, Samoa and also gives him an election change opportunity post that period. For example, if he wanted to play or was selected to play or Australia thought he was good enough to play for Australia at the end of the year for Four Nations and maybe even Origin next year. So Anthony did have the opportunity to do both. I know there's a lot of pressure on the kid. Um, Everybody's calling him, whether it be the media, his coaches uh, from both sides. And uh, there is probably a lot of uncalled pressure on the kid and I think just to um, protect him from all all of that pressure because he's only a young person, I think he's just 22 years of age and very talented at that and always difficult to say no. So I think the coach uh, made the call for him just to relieve him of the pressure. Is that quite a surprising scenario though when Wayne Bennett of course uh, has been an advocate um, of, you know, the minnow or developing nations uh, in the past and obviously he's now the coach of England as well so... uh, for the club coach to deny him the chance to strengthen a Pacific nation which wouldn't even be to the detriment of his future Australian or origin aspirations seems surprising. Yeah, probably, but, uh, you know, Wayne's a super coach. Everybody's quite familiar of he, the results that he's had, had in the game. Uh, everybody highly respects him. Um, you know, if, if Wayne was to coach anybody, everybody would want to play for him. But at the end of the day, uh, a decision's been made. And I think the fact that we've got these rules as they are There's probably a lack of penalty related to those rules. And when I say penalty, consequences for not sticking to the rules, it probably comes back to us now, the uh, International Federation, to review those rules so that if we've got similar issues in the future, there'll be a set of guidelines to determine what the procedure will be because of that particular decision. So I think more issues have been raised this year because of the, the demand on these players and it just means that we need to react 
in a positive manner to analyse our issue and then come up with a solution that's going to be acceptable by all. That's Taz Bateri from the Rugby League International Federation. The new Tongan rugby coach Totoi Kefu says his immediate goal is to get the team winning again but admits there isn't a lot of time to prepare them for their next assignment. The 42-year-old was appointed last week until the end of this year but said he was keen to take the side through until the 2019 World Cup. The former Wallabies number 8 has most recently been coaching in Japan and had a brief stint as interim coach of the Ikalatahi four years ago. Kefu admits he faces something of a juggling act with barely a month until they take on Fiji and Suva as part of the Pacific Tri-Series. The immediate goal is to win. Also, um, you know, we have an ageing team. I was actually watching one of the games, um, I think it was the Argentinian game from the World Cup, and one of the commentators mentioned that Tonga was the oldest team at the World Cup. So we do have some ageing players, So, but for me, I, I probably need a, a fair few of those experienced players because we haven't got much time to prep for this uh, upcoming PNC. So... It'll be a mixture of some experience and, and some younger players. Look, I'm buoyed by the fact that I've been watching Super Rugby for the last month and, and there are some exciting young Tongan talent on show. For example, uh, two young Tongans playing in the Hurricanes, Lonnie Uhila and uh, Vita. You know, there's also some young Tongans playing for that Chiefs side. The, uh, Sam Vaka came off the bench on the weekend and I think there's a uh, back rower there as well. Look, for the future World Cup, Definitely looks good. There's some talent there, and, and, and the timing couldn't be better with an ageing squad. Do you have any uh, indication? You're obviously very new under the desk, so to speak, but um, in terms of how many of those players or others around the world will make themselves available for their Kalatahi? Yeah, definitely after this PNC, we're going to have more time to just sit down and, and review that. I've already looked into those New Zealand players who are playing for those Super Rugby sides, and at this stage, their contract, they're obligated, obviously, to be available for, for the All Blacks. Most of those players I've already spoken to, they've hinted of wanting to play for, for Tonga. It's obviously just that contractual detail that we need to go through. So you've got the job, you've got these matches coming up in June. Uh, it's not far away, um, so uh, I, I guess you haven't got much time to dawdle around. Um, you, you know, you've got to pick a squad very shortly and, and then you've got to have three test matches and, and uh, as you say, try and win. Even picking a squad to, is, quite, is proving quite quite hard. Um, we've got players all over the globe. So at the moment, probably 70% of our players are in Europe. Um, the rest are either New Zealand and Australia. Um, you know, there'll be very few coming from Japan for this tour, but we've got almost a squad down on paper. We're just checking on some availability of some players. It's not the strongest squad, but it's a squad that's available to us. There's, there's a few players who are injured um, who have had very long campaigns. Um, they've made themselves unavailable, uh, which is a bit of a shame, but we're going to work with with the players with what we got. And we should have a squad out, hopefully, in the next couple of days. It's obviously been a pretty interesting time in Tongan rugby in the last 6, 12 months or so. Any trepidation on, on your part in, in, in coming into that, or are you able to, as a coach, put that aside, all the political stuff, and just focus on the team and the players? Oh, look, in terms of um, contracting and obviously the financial side, there, there are always a bit of trepidation. But ho- hopefully it, it, it has always been sorted out, hardly ever on time, but um, definitely definitely uh, at a later date. Um, look, I, I can, for me, I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to separate that and, and, and concentrate. You know, I don't think in, in the years 
I've been involved with Tongan rugby. It, it's nothing's ever run smoothly. <laughs> it's just, and and the players have been absolutely fantastic, being able to still perform under all those uncertainties and those issues uh, laying in in the in the background. That's one of the main reasons I like to get involved. It, it, it's because of the players. The players have been fantastic, being able to deal with these types of issues for a long time. But you have confidence in the people that are running the Tonga Rugby Union at the moment. Yeah, definitely at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know Fial from a long time ago when he used to play for Italitahi. The structure and the, and the way forward they've got down seems to work and they've come into agreement with, with not only the, the Tongan government but also World Rugby um, overseeing that. Has, um, it seems like a, a very good plan that they have. In the terms of these test matches ahead, uh, Totoi, obviously Samoa, Tonga, Fiji all failed to qualify for the next World Cup automatically. How, how confident are you of um, you know being able to match it with... Manu Samoa with the Flying Fijians and, and I guess there's that Georgian test as well. We haven't had the ideal preparation and, and once we get together as a squad, I think there's only really four or five days that, that we can um, that we can prepare. So, you know, we're going to keep it quite simple. Uh, the players are already wound up, you know, they've come off long season, so they're fit and raring to go. We've just got to get a basic game plan down, something that suits us, something that's a part of our identity. All we can do is do our best. Fiji and Samoa have got some really good people in there now running their programs. Um, we hope to get ours up up and running um, within the next 12 months. Um, but you never know. Anything can happen. You know, I, I think World Rugby or World Cups wouldn't be the same without the Pacific Islands. But in saying that, that doesn't give us a right to, to be at every World Cup, especially now that countries like Georgia, uh, America, Canada, they're, they're so competitive now. They've gotten so much better. We need to keep tracking in the right direction. And hopefully, you know, we've come at a bit of a crossroads at the Tongan Rugby Union. Um, you know, we need to take the right path and, and keep working forward towards that. And see Tonga Rugby coach Totoi Kefu. Twelve new camps have been included in Alama Itamia's new-look Manu Samoa rugby squad to play test matches against Georgia, Fiji and Tonga next month. Just 17 have been retained from the squad that finished fourth in their group at last year's Rugby World Cup. Eight of the debutants are based in New Zealand, with two in France and two locally in Samoa. The Samoa A captain and National Sevens representative Greg Foy is in line to make his test debut, while Alia Alia and Dingalo Luila were part of the team that won the World Rugby Under-20 trophy earlier this month. Incumbent captain Officer Trevoranis is among a long list of players unavailable because of injury or family reasons. Among the others are George Pisi, Johnny Liotta, Logavi Mulipula, Anthony Piranisa, Ole Avai, Khan Fotuali'i and Paul Williams. Meanwhile, the Samoa Rugby Union Academy has been launched and the first training sessions are already under the belt. The project is being funded by the SRU and World Rugby, with the first intake of players including 18 men and women, ranging in age from 15 up. I spoke with the SRU Development Coordinator, Shalom Sanara. We just want to give our kids the best chance possible to become the best rugby players they can, mate. From 15 to 18 is our Tier 1, and uh, Tier 2, it's 18 to 23, and Tier 3 is basically a mixture of kids that are ready to play international, mate. And so these are all kids that are sourced locally within Samoa? Yes, definitely, 100% local players. The fact that there are other academies in Samoa as well as other countries, does this suggest that the SAU is a little bit slow in getting something like this organised, that it has been overdue? I don't know about slow, mate. For me, personally, I, I started in January, mate, so... I've just got it kicked off 
got it planned once I started. And regarding Mahonri's academy, me and Mahonri are actually good friends. We're close friends. And um, at the end of the day, there's no harm in having another academy. Right? But it's, it's basically just giving these kids the best option, right? Can they coexist and, and work together and, I guess, share resources? And I guess ultimately, as you say, this is for the benefit of Samoan rugby and Samoan rugby players. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I've, I've, we've already had a couple of meetings with Mahonri and, um, and he's also aware, you know, at the end of the day, it always comes back to, the, to these kids. How many in all are there at, at this point? Obviously, it's just launched. So at the moment, we're just we're sitting on 18, and it's boys and girls. Do you have access to maybe some, you know, former Manu Samoa players or some notable people that you can bring in to, you know, offer guidance and that sort of thing or something to aspire yeah, to? Yeah, well, um, at the moment, our director of coaching is Alama Yomiya. And also with some other academy coaches, uh, Semo Sititi, Potu Lavasasa, they're all ex-Mansamo players. And uh, obviously Alama Mansamo and All Blacks. And we've also got um, Vainga Tungimala, who will also be helping out. The players that are involved in this academy, do they have to pay any to be a part of it? And, and once they're selected, how many hours do they put in? And what sort of games can they get selected for? So the players don't, get, don't pay anything whatsoever. But it's, it depends on what tier you are, how often you train. It's the... Uh, <laughs> So tier three is they'll be training the most, including their games that they'll play on Saturday. They train four four times with us a week, and um, tier one is twice, tier three is three times, and the girls is three times a week. And uh, who who funds this academy? This obviously comes out of SAU. Is this sort of through World Rugby funding? Both SAU and World Rugby funded. Is this a new allocation of funding for this initiative, or is this uh, money that you guys have always got that you've thought, well, this is a good way to use it? Uh, no, it's a new allocation, mate. And so this is obviously in its infancy. You've just launched it. Uh, you know, what day do the kids walk through the door for the first time? Has that happened yet? Um, the first actual training session is Wednesday. For the Tier 1, Tier 2, and the girls will be Wednesday. Our Tier 3 boys, they'll kick off Tuesday morning. You know, we talk about developing uh, players. Uh, we see with the Sevens team at the moment, there's a lot of young new players that have come into that Manu Sevens team with Damien McGrath and and also the success that Ramsey Tom McKenna had with the under-20s. I guess there is a little bit more optimism uh, after what was a tough World Cup and yeah. you know, w- w- wanting to you know, get those pathways going. One thing I notice is we need to get back to our basics of rugby. And it's school level, primary school level, and club level as well. I mean, I'm talking from gosh, catching, passing, doing your job first, and that sort of stuff. It's also the, giving these kids the guidance and, and um, values of rugby. Being uh, Islanders, mate, we've always got the natural flair, mate. That comes without saying. But for me, it's getting back to our grassroots, mate, and, and just getting the basics back in there. And not just players, mate. It's also regarding coaches. We've already done a few programs with coaches and coaches in schools and coaches in villages. The academy's officially launched on Friday, but development-wise, mate, we've actually been going for a while just getting things up to scratch with schools and clubs, mate, and coaches. That's the SAU Development Coordinator, Shalom Sanara. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.